Hello Watch Nerds and welcome back. It's your host Nico and today I have no one but two guests. I have Thomas from Radium Watches Norway and I have Morten Paulsen from Red Bar Oslo. How are you guys? Oh, we are fine, thank you. We're really well. It's uh, it's early in the morning. We're chugging coffee and having a, you know, excited to, to talk to you. Same here. Um, Exciting to hear what's in your cup and what's on your wrist. Okay, we're gonna start with what's in our cup because that's this local brewery, Finskogen Cafe Restri. Beautiful. And what's on your wrist, guys? On my wrist, I have an um, uh, original radium blue sunburst long lugs ETA Unita 6497. One of the classic uh, watches from us. And that is my favorite color of them all. Cool, thank you. I love that. I saw it on a gentleman on the Oslo Swap meeting. He was sitting uh, during the podcast with Hagen. He, he was sitting uh, behind me and I, I, I turned like 10 times to, to, to check the dial. Oh, nice. It, it's an amazing dial. The blue is, uh, it's a depth in it. Like it's, uh, it's going in. But my favorite yeah. is what I have on my wrist. I've talked about it before on this podcast. It's my tool. Uh, it's the Radium Saboteur 2, which is uh, a very toolish watch with a 15-minute uh, countdown register. When you got to sabotage something, you have 15 <laughs> minutes to run. And then, boom. Yeah. And tool is kind of the theme of the brand. You want the brand to be known for making two watches not just blinky jewelry, correct? Yeah, we make um, watches in sandblasted aluminum and they're not supposed to bling or catch any atten unnecessary attention, really. Except when it's dark, because they glow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They glow indeed. And uh, that's very suitable for the name as well, Radium. But, Morten, we have talked about who you are, but Thomas, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, I'm just um, a regular guy, an extremely curious person, and that has led me to write books, make movies, and design all sorts of stuff. Um, and that, uh, for the last 10 years, it's been watches that I've been uh, pursuing with a high-level passion. I love the design process uh, because it's um, very it's very stimulating to try to create something without adding anything so we're trying to make a, a very simple watch by removing as much as we can and still maintaining the dna of the watch and for a guy like me that's my that's my reason for getting up in the morning to sort of tackle those design um, challenges really cool and what's your story with watches yeah when i was um 15 or 16, I, I got a fake Rolex for Christmas, and I thought it was real. And I checked it um, at the AD, and it was it cost about 150,000 Norwegian crowns. And my aunt was very wealthy, so I thought, yeah, why shouldn't it be real? Uh, but she had just bought it on the beach in Spain or something. <laughs> 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 we all got one. All the kids got uh, got one. Uh, so we had three in the family all of a sudden. And I, you know, flaunted it, wore it at school and uh, showed it off. 
but it, yeah, it, it kind of created a watch interest. Um, it, however, in a very embarrassing way, I would say. Well, it's a good story, Azania. I mean, better at 16 than at 60, right? That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. And what came after that? I mean, uh, that, that was not your first watch, or was it? No, at first I had... Um, well, yeah, I had two watches before that. I had my father's Satina DS. And before that I had uh, my grandfather's um, um, tuning fork Psycho watch. And I really like tuning forks. And I really wish that Radium can do a tuning fork watch. But um, you can't really get the movements anymore. But if it... Are you familiar with tuning fork watches? I am, and uh, finding somebody to to service them. Good luck. Yeah, yeah <laughs> e exactly. I, I love the movement of the second hand, and I love the humming sound. Amazing, amazing movement. Unfortunately, we can't uh, do anything with it. And then after the the brutal reality check with the Rolex, fake Rolex from the beach in Spain, what came after? Um, I got um, um, a surfing watch from. Uh, was it the Citizen? I think. A digital Citizen. Yeah, a digital yeah. one. It's really cool. I think it's called Windrider or something. I check them out on eBay every now and then because I want to, for nostalgic reasons. Martin, you have known Thomas for a while. Would you agree that he's this average normal guy? Um, in kind of way, he is normal because he is Norwegian, he smiles, but he is not normal like me he he made movies he makes books he's he's an artistic guy he designs watches he even uh, makes some really cool designs when he i have one on my wall like, and i've uh, seen art. it and the backdrop behind you guys it's these books uh, that are color coordinated beautifully this is not something i see every day no this was uh, actually a covid challenge Ah, okay. It was, well, yeah, when the first wave of COVID hit, the people started doing all kinds of s silly things, like challenges they can do at home. So the, this was the rainbow bookshelf challenge. But now when Morten said about the movie, uh, the movie is kind of how Radium Brand started. Am I right? Or is there is, there is more to the story? After this movie, uh, and I was really fortunate to write and direct, called Norwegian Ninja. Then uh, some some people we had lots of uh, wristwatches and instruments because the ninjas in this movie are like gear freaks. So they have uh, depth gorges and compasses and watches and timers and countdown things on their arms, even uh, when they're just wearing their underpants always wearing this stuff and after the movie some people said that it would be cool to if it was possible to buy some of these watches and i thought yeah that sounds like a really cool challenge so and that's how it started and you had six watches for the movie correct yeah six watches for the movie then you made another batch and then another batch yeah, so we've been making small batches since uh, 2013, with 10 years this year. Uh, so the batches are getting bigger and bigger, of course. Looking at your watch, you have the two most uh, recyclable materials on Earth. Aluminum, which is the most recyclable material on Earth, 
and then you have a glass, which is the second one. Was that intentional? Was it any environmental ideas behind, or this is something to do with Norway and aluminum industry there? Well, to be honest, I wish I, I wish I could like greenwash the whole thing and say, yeah, when, <laughs> when considering the environmental issues uh, all along. Don't worry, there is plenty of brands doing just that. Yeah, but we, we it, it's not like that. However, it's becoming more and more important. And right now I'm very pleased that uh, we, we're using aluminum. But the reason we're using it is because it's a part of the Norwegian industrial history. Uh, so we're using Norwegian aluminum from um, a place close to the Swedish border. And from from now on, we're using 70% recycled aluminum as well. I mean, the world is all changing all the time. So even though we weren't extremely environmentally concerned 10 years ago, it's gradually affecting all of us. So now it's, uh, now it's a big deal. It really is. You know, the cases are anodized. An- anodizing is also what they use at my work for the subsea bottles on the ROV. And they hold for a long, long time. We anodize them because then we can see very easily if they corrode. And uh, like my watch has been in a lot of uh, bumpy roads. It's been into fixing cars, submarines, uh, wheelchairs, whatever. And but I have plexiglass and that's scratched. But the case is perfect, just like new. Does it tarnish with time as silver does? Well, we don't know yet. I don't think it <laughs> does the same as silver because of the anodizing. Yeah. Uh, anodizing is a very strong uh, way to um, protect material, but yeah. it's not adding a lot of thickness to it. So you get uh, a very strong surface. Probably it will look the same in 20 years, except from the loom and uh, the dye, the dye probably will get a bit sun uh, faded. What's the current collection? What's available right now? <laughs> all, our, all our watches are made to orders, and we normally keep spare dials of each model. So uh, give us a call and we can probably make anything in a couple of weeks' time. What can you tell me about how are the watches made? Oh, well, the case is made uh, made in Oslo. It's milled from one block of aluminum, a Norwegian aluminum that we get from uh, Norsk Hydro. The movement, of course, is from Switzerland because we don't... Maybe in the future we'll make our own movements, but that's, in a, that's far away, I think. We make the, the, the dial uh, here in Oslo and everything is assembled at Tveita by the master himself, Sorval. Have you got any requests from customers or have you thought about it yourself to experiment with another material? Let's say titanium or bronze or anything else. I, I'm going to tell you about that because a friend of me um, actually asked for a black watch. And so they continue with aluminum, but yes, they can do a black, uh, entirely blacked out watch. Uh, they actually did one early for our secret uh, service in the military. And um, they now can do that if you, yeah, if you order it. But uh, it's still aluminum, yeah. Hmm. 
Also, we're also thinking about maybe doing some um, brass watches. So we're gonna we're gonna experiment with brass casing uh, in a couple of months to see. Which leads me to the next question: What's next? What's next now is that we're having eight new variants coming. We're having a new Saboteur watch coming, uh, Saboteur 4. We're doing kind of a ship uh, watch. And we're starting to get more exp uh, experimental with colors. So we're going to have some more fun with colors. And we're making um, now we're making a 38 millimeter watch. The current watch is 41 millimeters, so 38 is going to be more of a unisex uh, model, suitable for all kinds of wrists and people. And that's really exciting. It's happening in a couple of months. Your watches are already on ladies' wrists. We talked about it with Morten on, on, on the previous episode. That will expand even more the, the female audience. Yeah, uh, plus the fact that... Um, all watches are getting smaller because they were so big for so long. So it's only normal that they become smaller. So I, I, don't, I think both men and, and females and everybody in between really are going to appreciate this 38 millimeter. What's Radium brand philosophy? Well, I don't know if it's a philosophy, but the whole point of Radium is to explore who we are and where we come from. And the result of that curiosity or ex uh, exploration is uh, a very toned down, simple tool watch that's not blingy, uh, that just wants to tell the time. It's very simple. Uh, and it's something that you can identify across the room because, it's, because of its simplicity. And hopefully it's something that a father or mother would want to give to their kids uh, when they die. And that's where who we are and where we come from becomes relevant to the product. I'm, I'm really into what he said now because the watches actually feel a lot more Norwegian. It's like family. Um, they're close to us. They're not not many people in the business and they are kind of uh, relatable you know so uh, that's a good thing with uh, brands when they get uh, you get to know them it's more easy to uh, love them yeah what kind of people buy your watches do you have any overview uh, of your customer base well it's 93% uh, males spread all, all over the country. And it's, I think it's people who agree that watches uh, should be tools. And I, surprisingly, a lot of the people I've been speaking to, they don't really wear watches and they don't really collect watches, but uh, there's something, fortunately, about radium that kind of makes them interested in watches. And Morten, you, you're the man behind Red Bar. You see people coming to the Red Bar with, with, with Radium, right? What kind of people have you seen wearing Radium? Quite a lot. Um, in a Red Bar Oslo, which we meet up uh, sometimes uh, during the year, we have uh, 
maybe three out of ten as a radium customer and that's quite a lot it's like I see it more often than Rolex in my in the watch friends people I talk to regularly all have radium uh, they kind of love the idea the the whole the idea of the radium watches are a part of it what do you like yours a lot because I can see what time is when it's four o'clock in the morning. It's the <laughs> it's the the one watch who glows, and when I I always have to know what the time is it, when I get up in the morning because of my daughter or if I'm offshore at work. I need to know is it is, is it six o'clock? Should I get to work or is it uh, what what happened now? And the time is always easy to see. There's no chance you will see the wrong time on it. For sure. My experience is the same. It's extremely legible. Uh, the one that I got for testing is the white dial, which I like as well. I, I love the blue more, but that's just a color preference. What I'm absolutely amazed is the size doesn't correlate with the weight of the watch and the appeal on the wrist. Uh, it's, um, it's such a... What's the word? Probably a wrist shock when you put it on the on the wrist and and it's so light and comfortable. It does slip under under a cuff, which is quite unusual for me considering the size. I love the strap. That strap is amazing. I don't know who makes it. And those spring bars. Tell me about those spring bars. I, I'm totally honest. We have the coolest spring bars in the world. There's we have their logs. There's there's <laughs> they're so thick. Yeah, yeah there's stripping poles. Uh, <laughs> you can, and you know, I'm sure all the every every guy listening to this at some stage in their life had has had a kind of a snag accident and broken a, a log so that the watch uh, falls off. And thought, why do they make the lugs like this? They're so, so tiny. And the spring glass are like 1.5 millimeter. Yeah, the whole watch can be a fantastic quality, but then you have a lug and that can destroy everything, ruin the whole experience. So we have uh, really thick spring bar lugs, and I love them. And I wanna, I wanna applaud you for something for designing 22 millimeter strap on this uh, big case because the proportion of the strap to the case, I can't say it's perfect because perfect I haven't seen in life yet, but it's near perfect. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's such a well proportional to the case. Well, you know, it's, uh, and I'm not sure if I should say this, but the 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 watch decides the width of the strap. So I never made a conscious decision that this should be a 22 millimeter strap. Because when when you start designing a watch, at some point the watch starts to design itself somehow. So um, the watch decided that it should be 22 millimeters. You know what I mean? I don't know, I know it sounds weird, but... No, it doesn't. And I tell you why, because um, I talk to watchmakers and watchmakers that have made watches, they take pride of having control on every single small detail. So to hear from you that the watch design itself, uh, it's 
departing from what I've heard before. So it's quite cool and unique. Uh, this watch looks like it's an old watch. It looks like it's a vintage watch. But as for many in modern day, the vintage, uh, let's say, Omega is too small uh, for me. I could use it with a suit, but original uh, um, military watches often had kind of the look, but they're very small. So this is a, I would say, a modern size military tool watch. That's what made it maybe pop out in my uh, visuals when it, they first launched. Because it looked like the small watches I saw in uh, uh, auctions and stuff, but it was proportionate on uh, wrist. And those old vintage watches are very fragile. They are not reliable because they're old and technology has changed, materials have changed, uh, techniques of, of assembling watches have improved. So uh, this is way more reliable too. You can actually call it a tool. Yeah, you, you actually have the movement that every watchmaker in the whole world could make. Uh, um, everyone can repair it. You can go to your uh, local watchmaker and he, he knows how to fix that uh, movement. That's proper tool. We're trying to have kind of a Toyota Land Cruiser philosophy. When you're stuck in the desert, you don't can't go to an AD to fix anything. You just need to find some guys locally, and uh, everyone can repair a Land Cruiser, Toyota Land Cruiser. So it's the same thing. Cool analogy. I love that. Guys, I think we cover kind of everything. Any final words? Anything you want to add? I think you should give a shout out to Shur. He's uh, the one you often talk to when you're ordering a watch. So. If you send a message to Radium to get the spring bars or maybe a custom watch, it's a good possibility that you will talk to Shur or Thomas. Yeah. Perhaps here is a good place to mention that you guys have a new updated website with uh, all the prices or pictures of the watches and a live chat that uh, a real person will answer within 10 to 15 minutes or so. We spent so many, I think uh, we spent eight years just being uh, on Facebook and not having a website. And finally, the website uh, is now finished and it's looking good. Uh, we have a live chat there and you can reach out to us and uh, uh, you can see all the watches and um, read articles. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, both of you. I'm looking forward to have a another episode with you later with future releases also morten uh, you have promised me to have an episode with me about uh, watch photography at some point in your busy schedule someday yeah, yeah we're gonna make it but uh, probably i'll see morten in the watch show finland if thomas is not coming but until next time for the listeners if you have any questions recommendations complaint tips if you just want to chat with me morten or thomas I will put all the details in the podcast notes. And until next time, remember, what's beyond horology is time and people. Respect them both. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.